Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of Rundgren Radio Year 2. We thought we were going to have a scoop show for you tonight. Unfortunately, that has not panned out. Michelle and Todd are still working on some things, which you will learn about hopefully tomorrow night. We're trying to get that wrapped up so that we can do it for you so you can hear what's going on. I don't know the scoop. I would be happy to share it with you. But it looks like Todd may come on the show and announce it and also talk to us a little bit about the Arena album. So if you want to call in tonight and tell us, what kind of questions you might want us to ask if he does come on. We are hoping, of course, that that does happen. You can call us tonight at 646-716-9262. We do have some stuff for you, though, tonight. We're going to have some fun anyway. We're going to keep doing Tuesday night shows, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, guest or no guest. We're going to stay consistent so you know when the shows are. Tomorrow night will be a special show if we do it. I think that's when we're going to be able to do it. You'll find out through the regular channels if you go to TR Connection, Hot Toddies, MySpace, all these type of places, you'll know. Or Blog Talk Radio does have a service where you can subscribe, and they will let you know and remind you when shows are on. So you may want to do that so that you don't miss it because that's going to be a fun show. Because whatever scoop it is, you know it's got to be good scoop, right, Mel? That's right. Make sure you guys are listening. Got to have the scoop. I don't even know what the scoop is, so you that's how goopy it is. <laughs> it's so work. scoopy, nobody mm-hmm. knows but Michelle and Todd, I think. Uh-oh. Mm. Well, I'll be listening, that's for sure. All right, good deal. Yeah. What else are you going to be listening to? Um, I'm going to be listening to this show tonight. Well, you might be listening to some live shows eventually, too. Doesn't Todd have a tour going on? Um, well, yeah, yeah, I wish I could go see all of them, don't we all? Um, yeah. If we could all just win the lottery in our <laughs> in our prospective states, then we could all just trek behind Todd the whole way and and go. But unfortunately, we just got to wait till he comes to us most of the time. And he's getting ready to fire it up again here, oh, in what, three weeks? That First correct. of October, he's going to Seattle. Now, didn't didn't Seattle get him last time? Seattle has had him before. Yes, there's a great bootleg from that show. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Ooh, those Washingtonians are, are getting Todd some more. That's very good, very good for you guys on the 1st of October. And then he's going to swoop pretty much all over. He's going down to California, Chicago. Rockwello's going to be a happy girl. Yeah. Yeah, she'll, they'll be in uh, Chicago on the 6th. Dustin 29 there's, will be there as well. Yeah, yeah, well, there'll be lots of people we know. I do know that, uh, I don't know if it's official yet or not, but Lynn on the MySpace did say that there is going to be a show in Madison, Wisconsin on the 7th of October that has not actually been listed on the MySpace yet, but uh, keep your eyes and ears. Wisconsin. In Wisconsin, that's right. That's close enough to Chicago. People may get two shows. Speaking of shows... You can show yourself into the chat room. It is open. You may have to refresh your page. I'm not seeing anybody in there, so that means you guys, I beat you to it. But it is open, so 
come on in. Why, thank you very much, Mr. Oh. Rundgren Radio. There we go. We got people in already. Okay. Okay. Well, now I've refreshed, so I'm I'm looking like I'm tardy now. Okay, anyway, uh, let's see, he's going to go to New Jersey, he's going to go to Pennsylvania, New York, Knoxville, Tennessee, and Asheville, North Carolina. Then he's going to leave those southern fried accents and go over and hear some different accents to go see our friends in the U.K. in November. Cheers. Yes, cheers. He is going to go over there. He'll be saying things like cheerio and pip-pip and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, my gosh, he's all over the place. He's even going to Finland. Our friend Pekka is going to get to to see Todd right there in Helsinki. Golly, cool. I can't even, I mean, I'm looking at this list, and it's unbelievable. I mean, he, he's going on a world tour, guys. He's, he's a hard-working be- man taking the place of James Brown as the hardest-working man in showbiz. <laughs> he is. I think he might be. I think so. Uh, he's even going to Paris, so that ooh, ooh, that'd be a fun show to try to hit. Sure. Hmm. I'd have to cash in some miles for that. Mm-hmm. And then right after the Christmas holiday, he'll be in New York and in Annapolis, Maryland, and that pretty much takes us up through the tour. Uh, Maryland, close to D.C., I think. Mm-hmm. Lots so, of things up there. Yeah, that's going to be a good one, you know, last week of the year. Be cold over there, but that's that venue used to hold about a couple hundred people. Now it's up to three fifty, I believe. Still, that's going to be a pretty intimate show. It's a sit-down deal. That's going to be pretty cool. Well, you know, I still don't see anything on the schedule for New Year's Eve. So, hmm, mm. wonder if they're going to add anything. That sure would be fun. Yeah, it used to be kind of a thing you did, obviously, especially in Chicago. But I don't know. Maybe we should put something together. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Let, let's let's rest a little bit longer, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm still recovering from Vegas. Sounds we can like. have there's some Vegas reviews up on trconnection.com, which is also obviously where we say it over and over again, but you never know we have new listeners. If you want to see where the tour action is, go to the concert tour information page on trconnection.com or the myspace.com backslash Todd Runner Music. But Roger has reviews and pictures, and there's a couple up, including mine, from the Vegas show, and we hope some people will add some more. Well, and Grady put one up. A good one. Who? Grady put up a real real nice review. Yep, Grady was the first one. And there were, you know, people talking about it in the forum, but uh, it's nice to see them, too, in the in the actual official review area. Yeah. Agree yeah. or disagree? Well, of course. I mean, that's there for permanent record, which is a little frightening, but... Uh, yeah, I love seeing it. I didn't even think to write a review, so uh, maybe. There you go. In fact, in fact, I was reading Grady's, um, <laughs> and it reminded me when he was talking about the, the little flub up at the beginning of today when Todd hit the computer and nothing happened or some, something happened, but it wasn't right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you notice <laughs> Rachel just stepped right up to the microphone and she starts saying, okay, so a horse walks into a bar. Did you see that? Yes. What was, was the, what was the punchline? Do you remember? What was the punchline? Yeah. The bartender says, "Why the long face?" <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. That stuff will stop though when Chasm's on, because that'll be his role as the keyboardist slash guitarist. What? He's supposed to be the jokester? No, he's supposed to get the today part right. Oh, that's true. You have to touch the right button on the computer. Well, apparently it was the space bar, because that's what Todd said. 
well, that was incorrect because it didn't work right. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. We won't yeah. point fingers, though. It doesn't matter. No, it made it. They it, got it fixed, and the song was awesome. It really was, and it worked without, uh, you know, without Matt, unfortunately. Hi, Matt, if you're listening. Hey, Matt. Yeah, Matt, actually, though, you know, hopefully Matt knows that Todd, you know, has a bunch of different people tour with him, but he did get his picture and his name and guitar player in the article that Jesse did about Todd. That is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, you got to love that. Oh, everybody loved Matt. There you go. Hopefully Speaking of Matt, Matt was on tour when a lot of bootlegs came out, including the Washington show we talked about earlier, uh, the Austin show, the Oshkosh show. If you're not aware, those were taken down from Dime a Dozen. And apparently, well, not apparently, it's a fact, Dime a Dozen received a letter from the attorneys of the music publishing company that is affiliated with the record company that is doing Arena. So, this, of course, made people go up in arms, not necessarily because the Arena bootlegs were taken down, but because stuff from way back 1970s were taken down. Anything that said Runt, Utopia, Todd Ruggeron was all taken down from Dime a Dozen. So, the people that are really big into bootlegs, I promised them I would talk to Todd about it in Vegas. I did have that opportunity, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. What I did was I printed the uh, letter from the attorneys uh, with all the attachments that they had, and I had a moment to talk to Todd and say, listen, here's the deal. This is what happened. And so would you take a look at this and give me some feedback because a lot of people are interested in your opinion on this because there's, you know, mixed uh, opinion out there whether or not you're pro bootleg or not. And I mentioned that I understand that this is a little bit different because of Arena, et cetera. And he said, yes, I will review it. As luck would have it, not for him but for us, he got stuck in that room for a while, so he probably was very happy to have something to read. So I'm guessing he read it. Yeah, he, he, he couldn't get checked into his hotel room for like three right. hours or something. Yeah, so like. surely he took a look at it. It was only a couple pages anyway. Well, unfortunately, I did not get to follow up with him on that. Even though I had a perfect opportunity, I just didn't think about it. So hopefully, if he's on the show tomorrow night, I'm hoping to talk to him about that, and we can see where he stands on bootlegs, or at least these particular bootlegs in this dime a dozen situation. I know people are interested in that. That will be really fun to get into that discussion with Todd Rundgren if we get a chance. So, you know, check us out. I'm pretty sure tomorrow night we'll have this show with the scoop at 8.30 Eastern. Just look at the regular places and you'll be in the loop. So hopefully we can do that. That'll be that'll be cool to find out what his opinion is straight Absolutely. from him. Yay. Yeah. Speaking of cool, there's a really cool thread on TR Connection right now. Oh, I'm loving it. I am loving it. The the here's what my title head did today thread. Have you guys seen this? It is so funny. Everyone's supposed to take their little title head and I don't know, carry them around on your daily activities and take a photo <laughs> of it and post it and there've been some really good ones. Dave K's, I don't know, it's going to be hard to top that one. That was great. <laughs> With the hot tub and martinis. I got to say though, the Ones from EJ were, were pretty damn good. Wow, she was she was pretty detailed. Those were very funny. So Dave, EJ, good job. Plus the other people that have added some funny stuff. 
And, so and we'll who knew that Todd performed at your wedding? That was I can't believe you've kept that secret all these years. I know. You know how it is. I don't want to brag. <laughs> you all couldn't right. keep that one secret. There you anyway, go. you guys should check that out on the uh, trconnection.com. And while we're talking about Internet, 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 okay, everybody, when the show is over, everybody's supposed to go to myspace.com slash Todd Rundgren Music because Lynn has posted Mountaintop. One step. Higher, higher. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> That was pretty exciting because, you know, we're all hankering for new stuff. Give us a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And, you know, because September 30th feels like it's a very long way away. Yeah, that's three songs out of 13. I tried to get people on the digital release, and I was told something kind of silly that that the U.K. may have the release earlier. Well, that doesn't make sense because (laughs) if it's an Internet release, it's worldwide. So, anyway, I don't know what that meant, but... No scoop on that, and we may all be waiting until September 30th. I don't know. Maybe the scoop tomorrow has something to do with this. Who knows? We got a call already, though, man. I'm going to let you handle it because um, I need to take a little break here for a second. So uh, let's see who we got here. Caller from 845, you with us? Yeah, this is Chris Chris from uh, Newburgh, New York. What's going on, Hi. man? What's going on? Uh, I've been listening to you guys for uh, since you started, and it's the first time I'm calling in. Chris, yay for you. You know what? Arena is all about a call to action, and you are answering the call and calling our show. Yay! Well, I've been a man of action since POV. There you go. <laughs> That's very clever. So what, what's shaking in your part of the world? Well, uh, I'm uh, waiting patiently for Arena, and... Uh, I'm getting my songs little by little, just like everybody else. But I gotta say, Mountaintop is my favorite. Isn't it? So so far, I mean, all the stuff I heard when, when I saw them at the Bearsville Theater, you know, uh, it was it was just hard to like take it all in because it was all great. Yeah, yeah. Now, did did people up there when when he played Mountaintop? Did people raise the the roof with their hands? No, they raised the roof on every damn song he played. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you got to remember, Bearsville Theater is right around the corner from where I used to live, and he had lots of fans there. I've heard great lots, things lots about that show. Fans. Yeah, I've heard great things about that show, and apparently Jesse said it's his favorite place to play. And as a matter of fact, they're supposed to be booked to go back there, or they are booked to go back there. So, uh, yeah, I take it you'll go to that show as well, huh? Yeah, Professor Red gave us a little clue in that uh, that they're going to be doing it. I, I see Professor Red all the time on the road. I bump into him. Ed, Ed McCarthy was on a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've known him since '85. You know, I, okay. met him, I met him at a Todd show, and I bump into him all the time. Awesome. Yeah, Ed was a fun guest. That's a good yeah, story. I'm really glad you got him. I was actually uh, thinking of uh, next time I saw him to tell him to give you guys a call. Yeah, he did good. He's uh he's not much of a computer guy, really. So it's good to have him on. And get <laughs> he's got he's kind of old fashioned, but uh, <laughs> he, he he knows his Todd stuff. Yeah, and he's taking still. He's in the digital world, taking good pictures as well. He's supposed to have a lot of pictures in the new, you know, the second edition of the the Dream Goes On Forever Todd book, but that's kind of still in, in the works. We're trying to figure out what's going on with that. But well, I, I have I have all my old issues of the Utopia Times, and his pictures were all over there. Absolutely, yeah. I've got a few of those. Some people have been nice enough to send me, and I keep seeing his name on there. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, hey, th- th- thanks for having me on. I'm glad to get to talk to you. 
Hey, man, I'm glad you called in. Glad you listened to the show. Appreciate it. I'll be talking to you real soon. All right, don't, man. Be, have, don't be a stranger, Chris. All right, thanks. Have, have fun at the Bearsville show. I will. <laughs> Excellent. All right, so we promised some stuff tonight for you. We're going to have some fun. We've got, if you're welcome to call in tonight, of course, that's always fun. We'd love to have callers about anything you want to talk about. But we're going to play an interview for you. Don't worry. If you got, you know, ADHD issues like I do, it's only seven minutes, so no big deal there. It's a really interesting interview with Todd. We picked it because it's a BBC interview. If you know anything about BBC, that's obviously British. That's the U.K. That's where Todd's going in November. It's from 1978. You will not recognize his voice if you have only heard it recently because it is definitely different. We're going to play that for you coming up real soon. We've also got some songs we're going to play for you, some bootleg action, some uh, studio action. We're just going to have some fun tonight because we want to keep doing shows every Tuesday night at 8.30 Eastern Time. And then we may have a special show tomorrow night. We'll keep you in the loop on that. So let's start with that interview. Cruise Mail, here we go. This is the BBC interview with Todd from 1978. Here we go. Most recent album, Hermit of Mink Hollow, Todd Rundgren's Can We Still Be Friends? And just to preface the interview, Todd's new involvement with the Tubes is primarily as producer of their next album, Bob. This is going to add to an amazing string of production credits that you've got there. I mean, you've worked with people like the band, Janis Joplin, Paul Butterfield, the New York Dolls, and recently Meatloaf. What first inspired your interest in studio work? That was uh, mostly a result of my own recording experiences uh, with uh, my first band. It's called The Naz. And uh, when I left that band, I wanted to be able to make records of a certain kind and I didn't know enough about record making so I used the opportunity of producing other people's records to learn how to utilize the studio and uh, subsequently I learned things doing other people's records that I incorporate in my own records and I learned things in my own records that are incorporated in other people's records I think probably my selling point as a producer is my own records even more than other people's records. People who um, come to me for productions like the sound of my records and they want them to resent, want their records to resemble those in some ways. Okay, well, coming down to your own records, I think you're probably still best remembered over here in Britain for your more commercial things, like I Saw the Light, which mm -hmm. made the charts over here. Um, yeah, that was what they call a turntable hit. It's been, uh, there's a guy at Warner Brothers who... Uh, is not going to die peacefully unless he makes that record a hit somehow. So it gets released every, gets released annually, because they get some response somewhere. Some uh, a disc jockey will start playing it again, saying, "Here's a song that should have been a hit." So they release it again, and then it has some mild success, and then uh, falls off again. So uh, that's why that song is is uh, memorable. <coughs> That was off my third solo album. I've had a lot of records since then. Um, many of them are more memorable to me and to other people. Depends on the kind of audience, you know. Um, I've toured for the past six or seven years in the States, and uh, a lot of the audience has moved along with me and are more familiar with uh, recent things that I've done. So uh, I don't feel the same sort of uh, albatross type of... Uh, mentality in, uh, in the States, people are willing to accept some of the newer things that I've done. Um, that to me is like the disadvantage of making pop records is, is being categorized and uh, 
stagnating through that. You know. uh, I'm into the experience of recording and uh, and uh, learning new music, and that's the reason why I continue to do it. Not because it's commercially successful for me. It's because I can continue to discover or experience new things through the uh, medium of the studio. That's why I stay involved. Well, coming back to specific tracks, there's one called Real Man on Initiation, which is still a great critic's favorite over here. Is that a favorite of yours? Um, yeah, it is a favorite of mine. In fact, it's the first tune that we do uh, in our performances nowadays, and it's the first tune on my upcoming live album. So, um, And we actually got a fairly good version of it in some ways. From a performance standpoint, probably superior to the Initiation version. version, 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 version. I think one of your most interesting projects, Todd, was the formation of Utopia. Now, the name rather suggests a search for musical perfection. Was that what you were aiming for? The idealistic aim has never been musical. We're a sort of a philosophical bunch, and we have a sort of modus operandi, which uh, is based on other things. In other words, much like my own musical career, we've never been overt commercialists. We've actually tried it <laughs> at some points in an attempt to get the record company's attention and uh, never been really happy doing that. What we strive for is, is uh, in some ways a level of communication with our audience um, in order to build a, uh, a basic framework in which to communicate other things or to involve our audience in other things. Subsequently, most of them have a knowledge of the, of the band and the things that we're talking about beyond the average. There was a label attached to the music of Utopia when the band first arrived on the scene, techno-punk. Mm -hmm. And if you listen to one or two tracks, things like uh, Rape of the Young, for instance, from Oops, Wrong Planet, uh, there's an energy there and a message which really has some relation, I would say, to the new wave stuff which is coming out today. Would you say that was true? I'd say there is a relation in that. It's just that we're not as fatalistic and self-destructive, I don't think, as uh, a lot of the new wave. You know, We give ourselves and our audience a little more credit for having some control over our own lives, you know, and also having some uh, recourse in terms of uh, how we can affect the world. some mutual satisfaction, I would think, between you and the record company about the sales, certainly in America, of Hermit of Mink Hollow, the most recent solo album, which has sold very well. Now, I noticed an interesting subheading on the album's sleeve, the easy side mm -hmm. and the difficult side. Now, you've been accused in the past of being a bit too clever. Now, this rather implies that you're perhaps saying, well, yes, perhaps I understand that. Is that so? Uh, I will admit to being too clever, <laughs> probably. I mean, from my own standpoint, I'm just clever enough, you know, from other people's standpoints, possibly from the objective or non-objective listener or from a record company standpoint. Uh, it's too clever for them to be able to sell it to the average listener. So uh, that was uh, an allusion to that in a certain sense, because when I first delivered the album, the running order was totally different, and they said, well, we want this album to be the kind of album where you stick it on the turntable and go wash the dishes, you know? So I rearranged the order a little bit so that you could wash the dishes to one side and <laughs> you actually have to sit down and listen to the other side, you know? 
I mean, I don't really consider it that. Mm -hmm. I, most of my, most of the things that I do, I, I hope have a certain depth that goes beyond that. You know, that you can actually sit down and listen to the record several times and experience something. You know, through it. All right, there we go, Todd Rundgren. How about that action? <clears throat> he does not sound like that anymore. That is for sure. Everyone in the chat room is talking about <laughs> how he sounded. He did. He did sound a little, a uh, little spaced out, but very cool. I remember that that voice. I love that voice. Well, I mean, that was thirty years ago. Come on. Mm, yeah, I guess it was. Yeah, he was thirty years old. I guess somewhere around in there. Hmm. Very laid back. <laughs> the what? Tuesdays with Todd. That's what we got to call that. You're going to do what? Tuesdays with Todd. Tuesdays with Todd. <laughs> Maybe we'll make it on Oprah's list or something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh. You know what? One thing I forgot to mention earlier, yeah. mm -hmm. um, and we can talk about this interview in just a second, but it's, while it's on my mind, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was mentioning that call to action stuff. Uh, we need people to rate our shows. Let us know if we're doing good or if we're not doing good. Please. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, totally forgot. Darnell's telling me to turn something up. I don't know what she's talking about. <clears throat> Maybe it's my voice. Maybe it was the interview. But the interview's over, Darnell. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> All right, that was so. a cool interview. I, I, I liked that. What was the deal with all that wah, wah, wah stuff going on, though? You got me. Was that just some sort of editing thing they did? Uh, perhaps. I cut out the songs, of course. Uh, that Those are the things that we uploaded on Rundgren Radio 2, number 2.com, which if you don't use Apple and you can figure out a way to get the work, that thing to work over there at U-Broadcast, then you can check it out. Otherwise, we'll just play as many as we can over here until we get Blog Talk to hook us up with a 24-7 show where we can play all these old interviews we got some good ones you know howard stern paul schaefer you name it we got it yeah but but you're saying that if you if you use an apple product you you can't listen to it is that what you're saying yeah they're not compatible with apple yet <clears throat> excuse me my goodness mm -hmm. how crazy is that yeah yeah <laughs> somebody's talking in the chat room about bo bice do we want to go down that road um well, I got a funny story. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually I have a little blog and I only mentioned it like three or four sentences about his little uh wobbler that he had as as Tommy is calling it. Yes, I've heard that before. Um and it was really funny. My blog doesn't get all that many hits on it very very much because I don't keep it up very often. I might get, you know, thirty hits a day. And all of a sudden, one day, I, I pulled up the little the little stat counter thing, and it said I had 317 hits in one day. And I thought, what is that about? And every single one of them had come from Bo Bice's, uh, apparently there's a forum, kind of like the TR Connection, but it's called, uh, oh, what was it called? Um, Bo, I don't know, Bo Diddley Bice. I don't know what it was called anyway. <laughs> Apparently my my uh, my blog upset a few fans of his, but none of them had the nerve to comment on my blog. So, oh well. Did you mention that he may have a shaved head? No, I did not. 
Yes, I should have. I yep. should have gone in and edited after that. Apparently, he wears fake hair. Ooh, Doug, you're dissing on Bo tonight. Well, the facts are the facts, man. And apparently, this is not the first time he's had a meltdown. Oh, really? And, uh, yes. You know, he's from here in the Birmingham, Alabama area. Pelham, I believe, is the city, which is, you know, a suburb of Birmingham. And apparently, uh, he's kind of known for this. And there's a story that he was at a restaurant, and they got his order wrong, and he used the old do you know who I am line when he was yelling and cussing and making a big pissy fit about it. Oh, my gosh. How's that? You know you know what they should have done was, uh, do you ever watch that show Airline about Southwest Airlines? Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear about the time when they had some guy on there and he, and he said, well, don't you know who I am? And the lady got on the loudspeaker and said, Excuse me, everyone. If anyone knows who this man is, please let us know because he doesn't know. <laughs> who was he? He was just some customer. I don't. I don't know who it was. Yeah. But That's funny. So he thought he was somebody, I guess, huh? Well, sort of like Bo. Yep. Well, I mean, you know, he is a young guy, so I'll give him that. You know, in his defense, but he just really completely had a meltdown over a bunch of nothing, really. And you would think. At this point in his career, and probably having some people helping him with publicity and whatnot, that he would just know better. Well, have we even told people that may not know what what happened exactly? What happened? Go ahead. Oh me? Yeah. Well, I really I was off talking to Denny Lane. I came in kind of late to it. All of a sudden, the room just went silent. Mm-hmm. But I understand he just like burst through the door from the dressing room area into this. What was it, like just an open area where, where several people were gathered for the meet and greet? And I will say, the majority of the people in that room were Todd fans. Yes. Um, strictly. I mean, they were all people that we know. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> you may have heard more of what he said. All I, I was right was, there. I, I, he came out of the dressing room, and I was trying to talk to him because he's from Alabama. So I said something to him about Alabama. He just looked at me and said, Somebody stole my posters, and I said, well, were they in a box? Because I just saw a guy leave with a box of posters, and he said, no, they were rolled up in the corner. I said, oh, okay. So then he walks a little bit past me and says, Has any, does anybody have my posters or something? It starts, you know, kind of very loud. There's about 30 to 50 people by there. And so everybody kind of looks at him like, uh, no. And he starts telling the story about how he had them signed by everybody in the band and how everybody in the band is special to him and this is a big deal to him, and somebody took his posters. So people started rolling out their posters that had posters to show that they weren't the autographed ones and that they didn't steal them. So he continues to go ballistic and says things like, I was raised not to steal things. (laughs) And I'm thinking to myself, well, so were we, genius. I mean, you're not the only person, and Alabama isn't the only state where parents teach their kids not to steal, okay? So wow. he's just having a complete meltdown. He's yelling and just going off about losing these posters and how important they are to him and how people shouldn't steal, et cetera, et cetera. He wasn't, well, he wasn't just saying it. He was, he was oh. saying it very loudly and meanly, yes. with, punctuated with a bunch of obscenities. Yes, some foul language was out there. It's one of those deals where everybody puts their head down and kind of feels embarrassed for them, and at the same time they're kind of like, okay, you just made 
me sober. I just spent a lot of money in Vegas on these $8 martinis, and now I'm sober because you're making me feel weird and uncomfortable. <laughs> so everybody's just kind of quiet looking at him. And then somebody says, hey, it wasn't one of us. And then it just elevated where it even got worse, where he just went, well, I wasn't taught to steal, and blah, 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 blah. So then he turns around to go back in the dressing room, and the door had closed, and it was <laughs> locked, and he didn't know it. So he's trying to get back in, and he can't. <laughs> so he actually starts kicking the door. And, of course, Todd's in this dressing room. I know he had to see all of this. And I, and nobody's getting the door for him. And eventually somebody did. It opened up, and he went inside. And then he eventually came back out and started up again. So <laughs> I think Mary Lou said something to him like, Now, Bo, calm down. You know, We can get you some more posters or whatever. And he finally calmed down, went back in the dressing room, and never saw him again. But it was quite bizarre. I do, and, I, I do see. I, Veggie Girl said something about the YouTube thing. I, if somebody got that on video, I, that is not YouTube material. That has got to go to TMZ. That's TMZ. They would pay you for that. Oh, it yeah. It would be a beautiful thing. But nobody probably did, and I can't imagine if he would have seen somebody doing it, how ballistic he would have gone. He was just, you know, it was just uncontrollable rage. And the sad part is, had he been an adult about it, and said, you know, look, I'm upset. Somebody took my posters. Does anybody have them by accident? Whatever. We could have got him three new posters signed right there on the spot, with the exception of maybe Chris Cross, I think, and Lou Graham, which, hello, Bo, Jesse, Todd, anybody could have gotten in touch with those guys and got those signed the next morning or mailed them to them or whatever. Because everybody else was still there, and most of the band was going to be at the party that we had after the show. But nobody wanted to help him except a couple of fans were nice and gave him their posters, their blank posters, which was very nice of him because he didn't deserve them. But anyway, apparently it's in the works. They're going to get him taken care of and get his poster signed or whatever. I mean, i got to think he was embarrassed because he promised somebody posters. I mean, why do you need three? You know, maybe it's for a charity auction or whatever. But it still doesn't excuse the behavior. No, no. I will say this. A couple of people in our group saw him the next day at the hotel. And he did apologize. He did. He did. Of course, they had not been there to see it. But <laughs> right. But he still he knew people were talking about it. I guess. So he said he was sorry and he felt bad about it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You know. And I'm sure if OJ was admitted he was guilty, he would say he was sorry too. But nobody cares. Yeah. Well, not I mean, that they're comparable, you. but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Once you do the act. Yes, we will accept your apology, but you were just way out of control. Well, it just made him look very silly and um, unprofessional. and Yeah, he could get a, a, some more posters, that's for sure. Well, I actually thought he kind of looked silly on stage, too. I mean, he's a really talented guitarist and singer, I, I would say that. But it, there was way too much of that American idol that's going on, you know, the, the pointing and the putting your thumb on your chest type deal and all this. I, I didn't get into it. He wore sunglasses the whole time. Yeah, and a hat. He just didn't fit in with the other guys. No, he didn't. But, you know, on the other hand, he probably did bring in a whole different uh, group of fans that, that wouldn't have seen that show. Apparently not, because there wasn't that many fans at these shows. Other than Vegas was packed, but, you know, we probably brought in 75 to 100 people that were there for the Sunday gig. At least. And then, and then there were other people that only went to that Sergeant Pepper's gig. 
they were Todd heads. Oh, there were definitely people there that were there for Todd. I mean, no question about that. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> you know, you could argue all kind of different reasons why people didn't go to other shows or whatever. I mean, I don't know what kind of marketing they did or, or who's into the Beatles and all that kind of stuff. I mean, personally, I would not go if Todd wasn't in it. I could care less. But that's just me. Some well, I enjoyed the show probably more than I thought I would because um, I, I, you know, of course, who doesn't like the Beatles? But it, like you say, it's not something I would have gone to, but I really enjoyed it, and uh, it actually has uh, convinced me to go buy a copy of it. <laughs> I bought one for the show because I kind of want to know a little bit more about it. Now, y'all make fun of me. I'm a little younger than most people that are Todd fans, so that was not my generation. The Beatles, you know, not my thing. I'm an 80s guy, so get off well, me already. I'll, I'll tell you what, that song that Denny Lane sang with uh, Jonathan Clark, the Within or yeah, Without You, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, it was a showstopper. It was wonderful. And then Jesse doing that incredible guitar work and bouncing off the, the violins and the cellos and all that. Oh. Yeah. Well, there was also, and I don't know the song, sorry, I apologize. When Christopher Cross came out there in the robe, with the, I think he had a pipe. That was oh, really good. Oh, yeah. He is leaving. That song, whatever. Yeah, it, it was really good. And Christopher Cross did a nice job with his songs, I thought. Wow, he still has the same voice. Same voice. And if you weren't there, Todd came out and he goes, do y'all want rock or pop? And, of course, it was mostly our crew up front, and we're all going, rock! So he did Open My Eyes. I think the option was Open My Eyes or Bang on the Drum because they made the short list. Uh, they shortened the set list. So they only played two instead of three songs, which he had, had done for the other ones. Oh, I'd, I'd much rather hear that than Bang on the Drum any day. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I'll take whatever. It was a fun show, and Todd seemed to have a good time just sort of cutting loose and uh, being a goofball yeah people are talking about in the chat room about lou graham <clears throat> this is my take on lou graham no he wasn't awesome yes he had to read the words etc but it wasn't as bad as i expected from what i'd heard and it was kind of to me nice to see him out there considering the guys had a brain tumor and was apparently um dissed by the rest of Foreigner after he had this. They kind of just pushed him aside, which is crappy. I mean, you know, the guy was sick. And he was able to come out there and perform the show and sing his two songs and do the show. And it wasn't perfect, but, you know, it was good enough. It was kind of endearing, I guess, for lack of a better word. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't have a problem with it. I mean, you know, it wasn't like I came to this show expecting it to be, you know, a perfect Broadway musical or something. It was fun. You know, and I liked hearing Hot Blooded. I mean, I remember that song in high school. It was fun. Of course, of course. But if you didn't know the backstory on that, I can see why you might be really disappointed. Yeah, exactly. If you had no idea that this guy had these problems, then, yeah, you would be like, what the hell? But he didn't look to me like he was drunk. I mean, he, you know, people said he came out staggering around like he was drunk. I didn't see that. I mean, I didn't see that at all. Did you? Not that I noticed, no. Uh-uh. Yeah. So, I, I think he was. I think he did a fine job. I think. I think really, it was. It was a. It was a good show all the way around. The band was was killer, and um, the only the only thing that I the only problem I had with that 
particular show that we saw was in one song, oh gosh, who was it? Was it Christopher Cross that was singing and the the violinist came out up front? Yeah. <laughs> and, and nobody had their sound turned on, so they yeah. just were, looked sort of silly kind of jamming and no sound coming out. Well, that was Chris's idea, is what I was told, to have them come out and do that. And they were fun, and they were they came to our, the, the party, after show party, and they were nice, you know, young-looking, fairly attractive women. But it kind of freaked me out. You know, they got this violin, and they're pushing against their their uh, their face. I don't know, it's just kind of weird-looking. <laughs> That's kind of mean, but I just thought it was kind of freaky. A little rock and roll fiddle I could do act. without it, yeah. Yeah. Now, when well, they're sitting there, that's one thing. But coming out there and, you know, like, like it's a duel, the devil went down to Georgia or something. It was. Yeah, I just didn't see it. Yeah, it wasn't. It, well, I didn't get into it. Well, that, what are you going to do? That was his so, choice. Plus, you know, maybe maybe some guys out there thought those girls were pretty, you know. They were yeah, pretty. Well, <laughs> oh, there goes my dog. Rock Love, Joe from Atlanta was there. And I told him, I said, if I catch you lip singing. When Christopher Cross does sailing, I'm going to tell everybody. So he actually ended up sitting right behind me a little bit, and I kept looking. He didn't do it. <laughs> I don't know if he likes the song or not, but I was going to make fun of him if he did. But I'll give him props. He just sat there and watched it like the rest of us. But it is a good song. It's, I mean, it's one of the most popular songs of all time. Sailing? Yeah. 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 Sailing. <laughs> what about that? What about that rocking after party? Oh, my God. Was that that was a- off the chain. Mm. Yeah, what a crazy party. Almost the entire band. Luke Graham wasn't there, and Christopher Cross and Bo Bice, but Denny Lane was there. Oh, definitely wasn't there. The string folks were there. Jesse Prairie Todd, um, the bass player, Forensic, Greg Hawks. Yeah, a lot of fun. Denny Lane, it's, yeah. Uh, Simon. Was it called Simon or Simons? Uh, just Simon, I believe, because that's so much cooler. <laughs> that was a cool place, though. It really rocked, and it had this, y'all. It, not only did the the interior of it look really, really shishi, but it had this terrace area where most of the people ended up, and they had like little cab- cabanas, sort of, and like yeah. Todd and Michelle were sitting in one, and I can't, I can't remember, but but it was just it was just such a mellow evening. It was beautiful outside, and. Uh, it just went on for hours, and, and it was wonderful. And thank you, Kathy. Thank you, thank you for a beautiful, beautiful evening. Yeah, great job from Kathy Stoy. It was a great party. And, you know, it's it's similar to what they they have a lot of these down in South Beach, you know, they, they, these places where they have these cabanas. And, you know, they actually had some at the hotel as well, you know, where people can chill out and enjoy drinks, et cetera. Yeah. So uh, yeah. then the cotton candy came out. I don't know if you all have seen the pictures. They're hysterical, but... Uh, that was the dessert and some other stuff. And <laughs> well, you got to be you got to be a fairly cool place to serve yeah. cotton candy as your main dessert. Yeah, especially for you know, and get away with for it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean it's probably the most expensive cotton candy in the history of mankind. But people were putting it on their head, making beards. It was you know mustaches. It was insane. And was I actually fun. didn't get any desserts. I don't know how I missed that, but I I I was too busy talking. Obviously, because I had no voice when I came back. Well, tell us a little bit about one of the conversations you had, because it has something to do with Ringer Radio, I do believe. Uh, which one are you talking about? 
Danny? Danny Lane. Danny Lane is going to be a future guest on Rundgren Radio, but we've got to uh, work it out with his schedule. He's He's got some, some touring that he's getting ready to do. So it may not be till I think he said November might be a good month, but mm-hmm. I've actually got him on my on my hit list to call tomorrow to find out what when he wants to come around. That'll be a fun show. Denny Lane, formerly of Wings, and of course with the Sergeant Pepper Tours with Todd Rudman. So there's the connection. And the Moody oh, Blues, hello. Well, that's uh, pretty big. Moody Blues, not an '80s band. Oh. Well, well, sorry. Well, how, how do you expect me to know about these things? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh well, I'll try to handle it. No, he was he was lovely. He was very charming and and nice. And uh, I think he's going to make a good interview. And uh, hopefully, there's some some forum fan forums or something out there where we can uh, advertise to his fans to listen. Sure. There's got to be some Wings fans out there that wouldn't mind talking to him, hearing from him about his experiences with Sir Paul. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. We thought he was going to come to the Sunday night gig. He just didn't make it for some reason. But that would have been kind of cool to get his reaction, see what he thought about Todd and the boys in concert and the girl. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, he's, and, he, and he lives there in Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, Let me tell you all something. And I hate to keep rubbing in about Vegas, and some of you were there, I can tell, in the chat room, but – and a lot of you have seen this arena tour, but Rachel Hayden, I don't even know how to describe I, I want to say out of control, but that sounds negative because that wasn't it. She was having the best time of anybody in that entire venue. Am I right? Uh, well, yeah, she was having a great time. She was hamming it up with Todd big time. If you haven't seen the pictures, you got to check them out. I mean... They get back to back. They're, you know, it, it's just she's sticking her tongue out. I mean, it was just fun. She was having a blast, and you know, a lot of people that were Todd Stock remember she really looked kind of nervous and didn't do a whole lot. You know, was just trying to make sure she got the music right, which we respect and appreciate. But she apparently has a down pad, and she's ready to move around. And she was really having a good time, and it was a blast to watch. Mhm. Now I don't think that had anything to do with the white wine backstage either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she had any white wine until after the show, Chris or Mel. Okay, well then I'm sorry. So, you know, come on. She was naturally <laughs> excited. She's very charming. And like I said, when she she just stepped up to that microphone and started telling a joke, I mean, it was it was really funny. It was. Yeah, endearing. well, the reason I know she didn't have the wine, here, here's a couple of stories from that for people who are interested in a little behind-the-scenes information. All right, so somehow I got stuck with going out and getting stuff on the rider for the band. And luckily, Robert had told me some things they want that Todd didn't tell me they wanted. He, you know, I went over it with him. I'm like, "What do you really want?" And he goes, "Ah, just get, you know, get some some of the, the deli tray and make sure you get the booze." And I'm like, "All right." Well, thank God, Robert let me know they wanted some. Uh, what is it? Uh, what's the water we had? The lemon water. The Propel Fitness. Uh, Propel water with lemon. All right, that was number one. And that Rachel likes a white bottle of wine. So. <clears throat> I got a uh, bottle of Chardonnay for her, and I got uh, uh, this this Propel water. So during the show, I'm, I'm look over and I see Mary Lou. She's looking at me and she's she's waving at me to come over to her. And I'm thinking she's talking to Michelle. Michelle was to my right, and I'm going Michelle, Michelle. She's like, no, you, you. And I'm thinking, what in the heck? So I go over there and she goes, Robert wants to talk to you for some reason. So I go back there to Robert. And, you know, he's at the soundboard, and this is in the middle of the show. And he goes, 
did you get you got the propel water right and i go yeah he goes well there's four people in the van and you only got four bottles and i'm like no dude i got 16 bottles he goes really i go yeah they're in the cooler i had to buy a cooler because i didn't know any other way to keep these things cold so they thought i only had four and that todd was out and you know he was going to pitch a fit maybe i don't know what he does if he doesn't have his water so anyway i went back there and got some more and put them on the stage and he had plenty of them but uh that was kind of funny and then after the show, Rachel came up to me. She said something about how she likes white wine. And I said, well, I got you a bottle. And she goes, really? I go, yeah, it's, at the, it's in the cooler. And I'd made a list on the cooler what was all in there. So anyway, we went and got that and opened it for her, and she did enjoy it. It was a, a, a pretty decent bottle of uh, Chardonnay. So she did not have the drinks before the concert. She was just having a good time. Oh, okay. Okay, so good. There you go. There's you some backstage information. Uh, we got all kinds of backstage scoop we could give, but we won't. Yeah. <laughs> but there were there was some fun things going on. But I will say, um, uh, somehow everything all fell into place there at the, the last minute. Though you were out running errands up until like seven fifteen or something, and Darnell came running in with a bag full of uh, Foster's locker <laughs> 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 to save the day for Jesse and. Yeah, Jesse likes these big blue foster bottles, and I couldn't find them anywhere. And I went to go get ice, and sure enough, they were in a gas station of all places. So I got some, then Darnell ended up getting some. So that worked out. And then I I had the badges in my car, the laminates that everybody had. So I got those in there last minute, and we had some help with that. Everything fell into place. So about 7.45 or so, I was feeling good. I was like, okay, everything's done. Now it's up, up to Todd to do his thing, and he did it, and he did it right. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something. That was one hell of a show. And, of course, I like them also. I'm not trying to say, you know, anything different than I would say anyway. But, I mean, I didn't know what to expect because we didn't make any demands on the set list. And they did the current set list, and they added one more song, which was pretty much our only request. I did throw out Temporary Sanity at one point, too. But the one we really pushed for was The Wheel. And there were lots of reasons for it. One was I figured... You know, Rachel doesn't know all the material, so Todd could do that by himself with an acoustic guitar. Yeah. Most people like that song. I love the song. So, yeah, there was a little selfishness behind it, but, you know, I knew the group would like it as well. It would be different, you know, for the group to hear something that wasn't on the current set list. And Todd ended up delivering. I couldn't believe it. I know you couldn't. You you just sort of... Stood there and everyone was like, "Doug, Doug, come on up, come up, up to the front. They're playing playing this for you." And you were like, "Uh, uh I mean, really? You I don't know if it was for me, but it was really cool." Well, everyone Collier. knew you were the one that really, really wanted to hear that. That is true. Collier, you're with us. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Is this Darnie? Yep. Hey, what's up? Well, I just want to tell you that I, I hate to burst your bubble, but Rachel did have two glasses of wine. At the bar before we left the hotel to come over to the show. <laughs> Just filling you in with the facts because I know we, that Mungren Radio likes to keep the facts straight. <laughs> we want the facts. Yep. Okay, so she had a little wine before the yeah, show. Yeah, at least two glasses when I was sitting there, and then I had to run up. Remember when you gave me that call and said, could you walk everybody over? And I'm standing there not even ready because I'd been hanging with uh, Kathy and, and Rachel and Prairie all afternoon. So, okay, yeah, let me well, ask that's you That's when you were drinking, or she was drinking the wine. We were oh. having libations like they were going out of style. Okay, but let me ask you this. Okay. 
are you saying that Rachel having that much fun and cutting up that much and being that great on base was because of two glasses of wine? Uh, no. no, I'm sure she All had right. more than two glasses of wine. But, but I mean, <laughs> here's the thing. Yeah. It was Vegas, and she was having a blast. Remember her at the Tube show? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, all I know is every time we were together, we were drinking. So there yeah. you go. Well, let's tell, I'm going to tell you a story about the, the, the Tube show. All right, so I'm sitting there at the Tube show, and for some reason, Robert Fries is calling me. And I'm thinking, what in the hell is he doing? So I pick up the phone, and I go, what's up? He goes, I'm here at, at the show. And I said, okay. So I went, I said, he said, come outside. So I came out there, and I'm like, did you get Prairie to put you on list? He's like, no. And Rachel's sitting there, and, and I said, well, you know, I talked to some lady because there were some problems with all the tickets that I had bought. So I saw her walking by, and I said, hey, what is, uh, you know, what's the deal? I need to get these people a couple of tickets. Can you hook me up? And so this nice young lady says, yes, as a matter of fact, some people didn't show up, so I can get you front row center if you want. But, you know, I can't sell them until you have to get you the right. So she, anyway, long story short, she was able to wing it where I got these two front row tickets for Robert and Rachel. So mm-hmm. they go up front, and Rachel stood up the whole time, the only person in the place pretty much, and nobody said a word. Yeah, she, she was, was almost dancing, like having a good time. She, almost, she was like, I don't even know that there's people behind me. And no one tried to tell her to sit down. Yeah. Well, she's tiny. She's like a little pixie. I mean, come on. So nobody's going to tell her to sit down. Cause yeah, was, so then Prairie sees It wasn't like them. she was a clod hopper up there dancing. It was like she, yeah. Prairie she was dancing sees pretty cool, and she was having fun. And I was like, why isn't she like that on stage? Exactly. And Prairie, sure enough, the next night, she was great. She was, up. yeah. Prairie threw a jump drumstick at Robert, and he threw it back on the stage at him. Yeah, right. That was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Todd and Michelle were there watching the show. That was kind of unique and cool. So Michelle goes up there with Rachel, and they start dancing. They get on a speaker box, and some 90-year-old volunteer probably for security comes over there and makes them get off the stage, and Michelle's trying to help. He's probably the owner of the place. Yeah, yeah. So then I saw somebody, I forgot who it was, Patrick, I think, was telling him, hey, uh, Michelle was in the tubes. He's like, rah, rah. So anyway, eventually she got back on the stage and did the final song with him, which was quite a unique experience and also fun. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. You gotta love it. It was all yeah. good. What are you gonna it do? Was. Yeah. yeah, I have to admit, I I loved that tube show. Fee Waybill. I mean, no matter what you say, he he still has the same voice that he's always had, and and a bad was, attitude to go with. It. <laughs> yeah, costumes, the whole bit, wigs, the whole bit. He was he was quite a showman. I really really enjoyed it. Yeah, outside of his post show attitude, whatever. I mean, that is a hell of a show. And, and he dressed up and did different things, and and of course Prairie was awesome. And I've never seen Prairie do a drum solo, and he did one in this show, and it was really good. It was fun to watch, so that was a great experience as well. And that that was a good show. And I don't listen to Tubes, I don't have any of their albums or whatever, mm-hmm. but I really liked that show. I'd go see them again if they were close by. I wouldn't think twice about it. It was really fun. And having Todd and Michelle in the audience, and then watching her get on stage, and watching Rachel dance during the show, it was just a good experience. And then seeing that most of the people in the first six or seven rows were people that were a part of this weekend deal that we did. It was just fun. The whole weekend was kind of magical, kind of awesome, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. And that's the way a lot of Todd shows are. Exactly. I just I I remember seeing something that flashed up on the uh chat room a few minutes ago, I think. Ooh, I hope I'm getting it right. Jody 
said that she was watching Todd when Michelle and Rachel <laughs> got up there on that that subwoofer or whatever and said mm-hmm. that Todd was kind of hiding. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think he was hiding. I actually think, because I was sitting kind of behind him, and I got the feeling he was trying to look at the the screens. And when you looked on the screens, you could never see Michelle. She would be out of the frame that for what they were showing. And I and I know that there were you know the the two video things. I mean, whatever they are, it's kind of like watching TV, even well, though the band's on the stage. I thought, I thought you're talking kind of, though about uh, the when she was up there for the song. I think Mel's talking about when they were on the speaker box. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The first time. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was, I'm sure that old guy was like, "Oh, damn groupies," you know. Yeah, yeah. He had no <laughs> idea what he was what he was doing, and that the crowd would rather prefer to see those two stay up there. But you know, they weren't as strict as the show before at the uh, Texas station. They were Nazis at the Sgt. Pepper show, so you know they weren't as bad as those guys. But that was a fun show and a, a fun evening, you know, after the show, etc. And one one thing too, I noticed that. Some girl came up to Todd during the show or after the show and had the gall to ask him for his autograph and ask him who he was. What? I don't think he, yeah, <laughs> I don't think he liked that too much. And um, I saw her come up to Michelle after the show and apologize for not knowing who he was, etc. Why Michelle, would you walk up to nice somebody and ask him for their autograph if you didn't know who they were? Exactly. She saw other people getting it, I guess, but, you know, which kind of surprised me because i got to think Todd, you know, knows that, you know, there's a lot of people who don't, and it's their problem and their loss, but, you know, not everybody knows who he is. Oh, well. But I don't think he liked it too much, and Michelle was very kind about it, and this girl was very apologetic, but anyway. Yeah. Why do you want to autograph somebody you don't even know who it is? Well, I don't assume she saw other people asking for his autograph, and she just wondered who it was, but she should have asked somebody else. Yeah, and he was being nice. He signed several autographs. I mean, it wasn't like he was, you know, thousands of people or whatever. It was about, you know, five or six people, and, and they were very nice and talking to him about how much they liked his music, et cetera. It's yeah. probably pretty pretty difficult for T.R. to, to hide. <laughs> although, although, let me say that um, on, was it Saturday that Todd and Michelle moved to the Golden, I think it was, and they were stuck in that VIP waiting room for hours before mm-hmm. they were their room was ready, and for some reason, I don't know, I really wasn't trying to stalk him or anything like that. I was just hanging out. I think I was actually waiting on your wife, Doug, mm-hmm. um, and I saw him walk by several times, and nobody was even looking at him, and I was like, God, this is Las Vegas. If you're not noticing that this guy has this blonde or white hair and long hair, you know, I saw him in the hallway. He was walking down the hallway. He, nobody was paying any attention to him, and I just kind of flashed him the peace sign and kept on walking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's he good, kept, though. That's he kept good going for him. to the shop to get, yeah. you know, to get water or to get a, a yeah. newspaper or whatever. He kept walking back and forth. You could tell he was pretty antsy. But yeah, I want to hear more about this Todd walk. Speaking of these people doing yeah, the video. Yeah, where's the video of that Todd walk? Yeah, whatever that means. Apparently, they were they were imitating his walk. Yeah, but you know, they did play. We're in there at some point. I, for, I think I was talking to um, Lois and maybe the Burnside, and all of a sudden, Hello, It's Me comes over the loudspeakers in the hotel. Mm-hmm. That was kind of weird. Uh, it was nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then, remember, uh, Darnell was there. I don't think Doug was there, but out by the pool, uh, 
just out of the blue they started playing the tubes. Really? And we're yeah, sitting well, we're, we're sitting there with Prairie and they're playing the tubes. She's a beauty, right? I think so. Very funny. Yep, they love the hits, don't they? Good old Vegas. That was a great hotel. I thought. I enjoyed it. Uh Mary Lou loved that hotel. Yeah, she said Jesse doesn't like Vegas that much, but loved it when go back because of that hotel. Mm-hmm. How cool well, is that? Well, y'all are welcome. There you go. Yeah, that was definitely a <laughs> cruiser mail. That's what made me comfortable about getting that one because you had been there and you knew it was a good one. And then I read the reviews, and it, it is the top hotel downtown. Oh, and yeah. for the price, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I know. What a great deal. I go back there because just because we had – but it's the, the thing that really made it fun was you could only walk a few – a few feet, and then you'd run into somebody you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's of, part of the experience of as well. One gang that came. So that was all really, really fun. Yeah. Laminates but, everywhere. <laughs> People yeah. wear their laminates before and after the show. you got to love them. Mm-hmm. All right, so why don't we play a little music right quick, take a break. And I see that Brian Grace is in the chat room. Brian, in about five to ten minutes, if you would, give us a call at 646 716-9262. We want to hear what it was like for you to perform on stage with your main man, Todd Rundgren. You did a great job with the sax. It was really cool. A nice twist to pissing. We want to hear I your story. I should have a sax in it anyway. Absolutely. Give us a call. All right, so what I'm going to play now, this is not the version from Vegas. And the version from Vegas was different. Todd had foamy. The band had not practiced it much. Probably not the best version ever at the time. I probably didn't notice that and didn't care, so I don't really know if that's true or not. I was just just in heaven, just absolutely loving life. It was a blast, a lot of good fun. I do know that when they're doing the wheel, Rachel, of course, this is probably her first time to ever do it, and there's a point where all the music stops and Todd just starts singing, you know, almost like a like he's in church or something, you know. And she just kept playing the bass, and everybody else has stopped. And Prairie's trying to get her to quit. Everybody in the audience is trying to get her to quit. And Todd, Todd's saying, uh, you know, let me stop the wheel and stop the hands of time. And then he goes, stop the bass. <laughs> he, throws <that> <laughs> he was so embarrassed about that. After the show and back at the hotel, she goes, oh, God. I go, you were really great on stage. And she goes, oh, no, I made so many mistakes. And she was just, like, freaking out because she – made all those mistakes and the only thing i could say to her was well at least you didn't fall down and yeah. she started laughing she started yeah. laughing and and it was all okay so she just didn't know to stop it was kind of funny yeah. it was a unique experience it was kind of funny watching and everybody trying to get her to stop and it yeah. only went on for about 10 seconds but this is uh i've heard a lot of versions of the wheel this is from todd versus utopia this is my favorite version so this is the wheel we'll be right back we got more music for you more chat you want to call in at 646-716-9262, Brian, give us a call. Darnie, thanks for calling in. Stick around with us if you want. Here we go. Bye.
sweetest come up. Let us stop the hand. Stop the hand. Stop the hand. Hands of time now, let us hope Sweetest come again Let us stop the hands of time Let us hope Sweet, sweet, Oh, come on, let us stop the hands Stop the hands of time, yeah, yeah Let us hope Sweetest, hope and sweet We'll come and let us stop Let us stop Hands of time, let us hope Sweet healer, come on, yeah, let it stop. Hands of time, sound real good, let it soar. Sweet healer, come on, let it stop. Hands of time, let it soar. Sweet healer, come on, let it stop. Thank you. How about that, Cruiser Mail? I think I am hypnotized. <laughs> I love that song. I can listen to it over and over and over again. It really is. It's a it's a good one. And people in the chat room are talking about the version on YouTube where Larry Tag is <laughs> obviously lost in the song. Remember, he told that story about. He said, "I looked at Prairie and I said, where is one?" And Prairie <laughs> said, "I have no idea." <laughs> <laughs> Button one. Uh, yeah, so it seems like to be a uh, a bass player issue because I know Chasm doesn't like playing that song too much either. Well, it doesn't have a, a strange rhythm. It's like the music doesn't quite go with the singing, except the guitar does. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. Luckily, I'm not a musician, so I don't have to play that one. But yeah. in Vegas, oh, he really, that was such a special treat. And as I recall, he let... All of us audience do a lot of singing at the end and let us just keep going. <laughs> yeah, I think we kind of took over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what's fun, though, too, was the just one victory, and that's what he's doing on the tour. That's a great song to finish the show with. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the hands waving in the air and all that. Yeah, yeah everybody's just going nuts. I mean, it was, you know, it was fitting for that situation. You know, I was thinking when we were listening to, to that version of the wheel just now when they brought in the horns and everything oh that would have been great if that's what the song that brian grace could have gotten up and played on but instead he played on pissing <laughs> i think bond's on the line with us bond's that you yes how you doing doug and mel good cruising well. mel yeah yeah you, you did a good job were you uh had you rehearsed that at all um Actually, no, but I had the uh, the main line in my head, and I just kind of memorized that, that main riff, you know, mm-hmm. that uh, Todd plays on guitar, and I kind of had the uh, format of the song in my head, so it was kind of a combination of, uh, I just kind of wung it. Is that a word, wung it? Wung it. <laughs> Wang it. Winged it, maybe. Winged it. That's what exactly. you're talking about. Exactly. I got to my hotel room. It was really crazy. I was like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure out that line, and... It took me about five minutes to figure it out, and then I, you know, and that, and from watching it on YouTube and the various um, uh, incarnations on the internet that we have available to us, <laughs> um, I, I fi- kind of figured it out. So there you go. Well, well I think like you did a little solo work to me on there too. You kind of added your own yeah, twist to it. Yeah, I did have my own twist. He Todd was gracious enough to actually give me some solo space, which I thought was awesome. 
having never heard me, I had actually given him some CDs. Maybe he did hear me. I don't know if I, I didn't get a chance to talk to him, unfortunately, after the show, because it was a mob scene, of course, with all the you know the hardcore Todd fans in attendance at the uh, celebrity club. But uh, and that's my one regret is I didn't get to talk to Todd after the show. <laughs> There'll be other opportunities, probably. Yeah, well, I, I hope so. Well, I, yeah, I thought there was about a zero percent chance in hell that you were going to get to be able to get up there and do that. And uh, so I was kind of shocked, actually, when you did. A zero percent chance in hell? I, 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 I didn't think you couldn't do it. I just didn't think Todd. But I didn't think Todd would play the wheel either. I mean, I, you know, you hear these things, well, and Todd doesn't take requests, and Todd doesn't do this, yeah. and Todd doesn't like that. And I just thought, nah, you know, he probably gets a million requests for people to get up on stage and play with him. He gets a million CDs from people. Yeah. And produce him and all that. So I thought, that ain't going to work. And, uh, I, I thought I'd give it a shot, man, uh, just because it was a kind of a special event anyway and um, the, with the Rundgren Radio uh, birthday bash, and I thought I might have a better chance being a, in a smaller venue like that to actually ask Todd if I could do something like that. When did and you it, ask? It all kind of worked out, so. When, when did, how did that come about? Because your saxophone was, was sitting there from the start of the show, wasn't it? Well, yeah. Um, the, the, well, the, to me, the story is I had been talking with a couple people Friday night after the Pepper show about uh, the possibility of playing with Todd on Sunday, and I uh, had talked to um, Steve. Well, a couple people, Steve, yeah, I talk, yeah. I, I talked to, to Jesse Grass and I talked to Rachel, and who's this real sweetheart? I finally got to meet her in person, mm-hmm. and and real real nice person, uh, as well as a great musician. Um, I talked to her, talked to a couple other people. Who else did I talk to? Oh, let me think here. Uh, Todd. I talked to Prairie, yeah. You talked to Todd, right, at the, at the, uh, the Todd, show on Friday night. Well, yeah, exactly. But the story was I talked to the other people first, and then uh, Jesse basically said, hey, man, you know, it's not really up to me. you got to talk uh, to Todd about it. He's like the final say on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And basically, um, at the end of the night, I, I called him right as soon as he was walking out, and um I said, "What are the possibilities? Me maybe sitting in with a co- with you on a couple songs?" Um, and I st- I suggested uh, Bardo, actually, interestingly enough, and and also um, Pissin because I'd worked a little bit on Pissin beforehand on sax. So um, so those two songs were I planted a bug in his ear pretty much, and um, hey, uh, it all worked out. It paid off big, man. <laughs> and it made this show, uh, you know, it's another special part of the show, and I'm glad it happened. Oh, I my just God. Didn't believe it's not every day that Todd invites a fan on stage. I, I agree. That. And I wasn't I'm, sure what yeah. was going on. You know, now I know that, you know, he had signaled you to come on and everything. And, yeah, he did. Uh, it, it was, I think a lot of people were shocked, including me, because I wasn't sure it was going to happen. <laughs> I knew you'd been working on it with him. I know Steve had told you he was going to try to help you with it. And Steve was, was awesome. He re- he really did. He was like the the a real conduit between Todd and and myself right before the show. I mean, it was it was kind of a maybe up until that point. Yeah. You know, until you know, I actually had my sax there, like you said, at the corner of the stage, you know, waiting patiently for the for the <laughs> magic moment to occur. Uh, well, you know, if you look back, if you'd have told me, I don't know, even as quickly as three or four uh, months ago that I would be involved with a few other people in a private Todd gig 
semi-private. You know, it's private because it was limited number of people. It really wasn't private. I mean, every, everybody had a chance to go and knew about it. It just first come, first serve type deal. But to do something like that yeah. and to pull it off, and actually to pull it off with really no hitches, there were no problems, and we didn't go broke doing it, and that a fan would get to be a part of the sound, a fan would get to go on stage and do sax, that Todd would play the wheel, that Todd oh. would come out and cut the cake. No way in hell you could have convinced right. me that was going to happen. But it so was. awesome with him. You know, the cakes were, were great, too. Oh, yeah. I was, I was sufficiently lubricated that night, too, <laughs> so that, you know, yeah. that helped my confidence level a little bit, probably. <laughs> yeah, you seem confident up there. You know, that was, right. was doing great, man. That was just like, of course, one of the greatest nights of my life. It's well, got to be. Yeah. That was a great experience. And and Todd was so gracious for doing that for me. And, uh, and uh, you know, I mean, how I, good I, is this guy? I mean, it's getting to where, I mean, he has people come to his house and camp out. He lets us do this gig. I know yeah. he's done private gigs before, but, you know, he lets us do this gig and lets fans be involved in different facets of it. I mean, it's just, it, you just don't get that anywhere else. It's hard to explain, but it's just really special. It's really cool. And I think there'll be other things going on. Whether or not we'll be involved in it or not, I don't know. But uh, uh, I think that this is the start of a lot of different things. Not the start, because I know he's done some of these things before. But I just uh, think we're going to hear more stories like this. I think Todd has, I don't know, for lack of a better term, has kind of loosened up and is really appreciative of the hardcore fans. And I think that night that he really saw, okay, these are the fans that get it. So I can play whatever I want, and they're going to love it, and they love what I'm doing. You know, there's no question about it. And I think because of that, he kind of rewarded us for it by letting you get on stage and letting Grady do sound and playing the wheel for us and coming out and hanging out. It, it was just, it was. I just can't even, you know, describe how great it was. And I, I just hope that more people get to experience these kind of things. People who miss Todd Stocker, miss Vegas, your opportunity is going to be there. This, yeah. this kind of thing is going to continue, I think. Well, I was telling uh, my wife, you know, I could die now because I played with Todd. <laughs> yeah. She said, please don't do that. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, I said, you know, this was pretty, pretty much the apex of of my life. But no, just kidding. Uh, anyway, no, that was just about the coolest thing ever, man. And and Rundgren Radio has a lot to do with it, obviously. And I really thank you guys for the opportunity to be able to do that. It was obviously, you know, some more than I could ever imagine. And uh, yeah, well, like we appreciate think- it. We really played a small role. We were the excuse for the party. That was all tied. <laughs> and you know, Steve getting it going. I mean, that's really. Uh, you know, the, you know, we we Kathy, say we talk about running radio as the as a party. Now that was the excuse for the party, but ultimately, right, nothing would have worked without Todd's cooperation. And I want to thank Michelle for that because she played a big role in it. But you know, he did that. We didn't demand or ask for anything other than for him to show up and play. And he just did everything you could dream of, and then some. Oh, yeah. it, it's just. Oh yeah. The guy's fantastic, you know, despite some of the reputation he has with people like Fee Waybill or whatever, it, it just, I mean, I can't say enough, you know, thank yous to the man. It was and just And XTC as well. That's another, you know, yeah, another yeah. story, but, you know, the the, the producing episode with XTC was yep. a, a bit tumultuous, well, to say the we least. We weren't asking to produce our album, so <laughs> maybe it would be different. But, I mean, you couldn't ask for more from the guy. He spent the whole week in there. You know, of course, he had the Sergeant Pepper game. Went to the Tube Show, talked oh, to everybody. Man. I'm so, I mean, I'm so bummed, dude. I missed the Tube Show. Oh, you should have gone, man. It was awesome. Because I really don't know too many missed, songs. But go ahead. How did you possibly miss the Tube Show? How did I miss the Tube Show? Well, Kathy Stoya said you got to go, Brian. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you're going to love it. I said, well, Kathy, I only know like two songs. Didn't matter. Yeah, but I didn't know the two either. You know, because I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm all about Todd, man. But I'm with you. But you know what I'm saying? So th- but, that, you know, that Prairie was Prince main... was the drummer, which is Trust. a Todd connection. Of course, I love Prairie, too. He's one of the best in the business by far. I mean, yeah. he's just played on so many great records. Well, there was, a rumor that Todd, there was a rumor but, that Todd may get on stage and play, and it didn't happen. But Michelle did, and that was cool. There was a lot of Todd connections in the Tube show. Michelle uh-huh. on stage, Todd was there watching. It was packed with Todd fans. Prairie Prince was drumming. I mean, it was it was it was a blast. I really had a good time doing that. Oh, and that's going to be the problem with it. trying to do something like this again. Is where when are you going to have an opportunity to have back to back to back type shows like this for people that are in town? I don't know that you can do it. So, you know, will this ever be topped? I I, I, don't, I don't think so. But will there be cool things like this in the future? Probably so. You know, I, I need, call it a, a Todd yeah. Fecta, not a yeah. trifecta. Yeah. The yeah. Todd Fecta. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a little um, dictionary, I think. <laughs> oh, oh. I'm sorry, I have a dry sense of humor. Oh. I like that though, man. You know, I want to look at, uh, you know, uh, my wheels turn with this kind of thing. I'm like, okay, now what else can we do? You know, and there's, you know, we need to get tied somehow in Boston. Oh, absolutely, and, great city, Boston. Yeah, I mean, we were there for really vacation like the, last week, last year. Sorry, you were there for vacation last year. Yeah, it was it was so awesome. I, I went to Berkeley College of Music. Actually, that was my connection with Boston initially back in the early nineties. Oh. So, I went you know, for a year there. Had a scholarship, full scholarship, nice. saxophone. We, so, yeah, we've had some guests that went there. I'm trying to remember who they were. Mon- a, a lot of people went there. Mostly yeah. jazz people, you know. Yeah, yeah I believe I'm, I know Montana. Pat went Matheny went, was there. The great jazz guitarist, of course, and and uh, Charlie Hayden, I believe, either taught there or went there, or there's some kind of connection with Charlie sure. Hayden. Yeah, well, he's he's very connected. But another thing I like I, when I think about these things is Philadelphia, and I know another there's a weird story. history and all that, but I don't care about that. I would like to see Stooky's Naz warm up for a Todd show. That's what I want to see. Mm-hmm. And call me crazy and say it can't happen. It can't but happen. again, <laughs> It'd be I didn't nice. think all these other things would happen, and they did. So, say what you want. You might see that one day. That'd be great. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, course, anything can happen. I mean, after this past, you know, two weekends ago, I'm still on cloud nine, really. Me too. I mean, just meeting all you got. And meeting you and Cruiser Mel were, was cool, too. I never met you before. And, and you know, Getting us all together and all the, the crazy Todd fans was just a, a pleasure. To, That's uh, part of it. To be I a think. part I mean, of especially it, spending know. a whole weekend there for most people, you know, getting to hang out and everything. And, and it made it more fun for Sunday. It was kind of like, okay, now we all know each yeah. other. We all know we're freaks for Todd and all that good stuff. And it just made mm-hmm. it more fun. I mean, we were all, you know, singing Just One Victory together and whatnot. It was just, it was really cool. <laughs> Rockwell mentioned this, and that was something I thought about too. <laughs> the, the, if you really want to pull off something that would shock the world, is get Utopia back together. But uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm all up for that challenge. But you know, seriously, okay. So Stooky, you know, um, Tommy's saying Stooky hasn't seen Todd in close to 40 years. Well, Tony Sales hadn't talked to Frog in 20 something years, but they did on this show. I mean, it doesn't mean it can't happen. And Stooky and Todd don't have to see each other. That's not really the point. The point would be for the fans. 
Okay, they come in, they get to hear some of the NAS, you know, and it wouldn't be the NAS with Todd, but it still would be, you know, the voice of NAS with Stuckey back then, and, and their new stuff is pretty good. It's just kind of nostalgic. It would just be fun. And then maybe Stuckey and Todd talk, and if they don't, who cares? We get to see two bands, and it would be fun. What the heck? How about we do a, a Todd quote and say, time heals the wounds that no one can see? <laughs> there you go, yeah. Exactly. All right, you, could... you you just go ahead and, and work on that, Doug, okay? <laughs> I've been banned from working on any projects for three months. <laughs> but New Year's Eve would be a really cool place for Philadelphia to have a show like that, wouldn't it? Well, he'll be up near there, you know. <laughs> only, well, we could have a half, uh, a Rungren Radio half birthday, but... Um, yeah, I'm glad we have to have another excuse. Finding an excuse for a party's not hard. As a matter of <laughs> fact, next year, you know, we got to do something for Todd sixty first, right? Somebody does. Oh, he does Right. You know so, what? Here's my here's my hope is, and Todd referred to it. Well, he didn't just refer to it. He said it. He said yeah. this type of show is the wave of the future. Right. And so you know what. You Todd fans out there, put together your own show. I'd be there. I'll support it's Like it. It's like build the, the baseball diamond and they will come. Trust me. We will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know about Utopia reuniting, but, you know, we might be able to get the sticky thing. Who knows? Isn't that kind of a Willie Wilcox thing, though? With with the, that well, possibility. Well, let's take this. Let's say it is. Now, Willie Wilcox was at a couple of shows in California, so I don't know what the story is there. You know, there's rumors that there's a conflict. Mm. But why not get Kevin Elman? Well, you know, I mean, yeah. you still got a Utopia drummer. Uh, you know, Great you could, idea. There's, there's different it. ways you could do it. Yeah. You know, we're we're, we're getting way off base here, but I mean, there's just if you just start thinking about these things, it would be fun, and that people would get into, and it would be different. And some of them are worth taking a shot, and some of them are just, you know, absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, we'll, we just sort it out, and then you kind of start thinking, okay, how can this fall into place? And this Vegas deal was simple uh, as far as the timing, because Todd was already there, Jesse was already there, Prairie was already there. It just worked out perfect. Now, Great. if that wasn't the case, it may have been a lot more difficult, you know, if they're not there or something's going on. And you got to know what the schedule is next year if you want to do something like this. You know, where are they going to be? That type of thing. So there's a lot of a lot of luck that went into it as well as hard work, etc. So, but if if people don't think that myself and the other three involved and maybe even other people in the audience didn't get a bigger edge to do this again, then you're sadly mistaken because <laughs> I do I definitely want to experience something like this again. Absolutely, no doubt. How about you, Brian? Loved it. Yeah, loved I it. Think, man. I think though that it's a it's a good good thing that uh, Mrs. Doug has has put the kibitz on you. <laughs> <laughs> temporarily now, don't forget temporarily. I know temporarily, but God, we all need a rest. Come on, we do need a break. Now that doesn't mean I'm not going to go to shows. I'm going to try to go to the Knoxville show. I heard you making fun of Knoxville. You know, get off <laughs> Knoxville, man. Come on. But, uh, I don't know anybody else, TR Connection, anywhere else that would go to this type of show in Knoxville. If anybody is, shoot me an email at rungarradio at net. I'd love to meet up with you because I'm seriously considering that drive. It's about four hours. Oof. So, um, you know, for a Todd show, that's worth it, I think, you know. And then there's the Maryland show. I've got great seats, so I'm thinking about that. I'll be off that week, and I may fly. But other than that, I don't know. I'd love to go to the blender and all that good stuff, but it's so I'm sorry, close did you see uh, Maryland, Doug? 
Maryland? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's where I'm from originally. So uh, you're talking about Baltimore, maybe? Or? No, uh, Annapolis. 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 Mm-hmm. Annapolis. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The great state capital of, of yeah. Maryland. Now Roger Lender's saying in the chat room there may be a Todd Fest West in 2009. I would absolutely love to go to something like that. All right. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I've never been, obviously, and, and uh, have heard lots of good things about them. So, you know, make it happen, man. I'm in on all that. It's I just, am too. It's so much fun. Yeah. Somebody, Rockwell asked about the venue in Vegas. And Knoxville's in Tennessee, by the way, Roxwell. Uh, it's It was a perfect venue. Steve found it. We'll give Steve props for it. Uh, he had somebody, a friend that helped him or whatever. And it was the right size, the right stage because they had the steps where Todd came out during Black Mariah it was just absolutely wow. perfect and it was just pure luck because none of us had seen it other than pictures we had no idea we took a chance and it paid off big it was it was brilliant it wow. was real, real Las Vegas looking and um, I don't know if you guys got the backstory on <laughs> what that theater was actually built for do you want to hear it sure yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, it was apparently owned by the Lady Luck Casino and Hotel, and they had it built. And uh, as Las Vegas, as you know about Las Vegas, sometimes their shows are a little risque. And it was built to be the home theater. <laughs> I, I don't know if Todd knows this, but it was built to be the home theater of a transvestite show, and the show failed. And so then they started uh, leasing out the venue for private. Uh, concerts and yeah. well, he, if he would have known, he might have seen the peacock outfit or something. You never know. Maybe we should have told him. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't know. We looked at some other places like the Beauty Bar. Here's a funny story about that. I'm looking at it, trying to figure it out, and I found this picture of this bass player, and I'm going, that looks like Adam Ellis. So I shoot him an email. I go, is this you? And what can you tell me about this venue? And he goes, man. That definitely looks like me. <laughs> Tattoos and everything, but I don't remember it. And uh, apparently Rachel said he did play there. And it was, I mean, it was clearly him. And she said she actually played there, and it was a good venue. The problem was it was outdoors, and I didn't want to take a chance, because what if it rained or what if it was miserable hot? And then the other venues, there were some we looked at. You know, I've told this story before, but these casinos, I mean, they'll do anything to get you near a slot machine. And in order to go to the bathroom, you had to go out outside, and that included the band and the and the um, crowd. And I'm like, no, that's not going to work. Oh, at the so, beauty bar? No, this was at some of the casinos. Oh, um, oh. The beauty well, bar actually, was different. Actually, the bathroom at the celebrity was kind of cool. I mean, Super they had nice. separate, oh yeah, yeah. Separate facilities for for gentlemen and for ladies. However, the the hand washing area and the mirrors was was a communal setting, and you had to go yeah, through these. Yeah chains to get through there you know it was, it was chains but you know yeah the little uh what do you beads call it? or something hanging down yeah beads hanging from the door yeah. but you know the sad thing is that that place is supposed to be uh torn down it was supposed to be in january they were going to destroy it and now they're saying that's not going to happen that they've got a gig book for july the third so it may stay up well it should and, stay up it's a beautiful facility it's a it great really facility. If it, but, you know, it's only one story, and in Vegas, you know, you're wasting space if you don't have more than one. But if it stays there, and it's there all through next year, I'd seriously think about doing something there again. And i got to think it wouldn't be that hard to talk Todd into going back. I think he liked the place. Absolutely, I think he did. Everybody we had to do a, a quick cleanup of the backstage area. I think all the transvestites had left all their makeup all over the counter. <laughs> I, 
think I saw an eyelash back there, a fake eyelash or two. Yeah. We had some help, though. Pete and Lori were real nice. They helped helped me clean up and help with the um, getting the food ready and everything. They, they, a lot of people were so helpful. It was such a good crowd. But uh, anyway, we, we're we're uh, we're gushing too much about this. There's a lot of people listening probably didn't get to go, so why don't we play a little music right quick? Since we talked about Utopia, I got a really old school clip that's now been taken off dime a dozen. But this is Utopia Mark One, so. This is really old school. It's not the greatest quality recording, but it's the only one of its kind. And this is the song, Tick, 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 which I like, and it's short. So here we go. Let's listen to that right quick. Yeah, yeah, it some might of be us fun, real right? hardcore fans. Yeah, yeah, that's true. 
I mean, it, <laughs> uh, there's. Uh, uh, the sound quality was a little lacking on my computer speakers when I yeah. I turned it up, but you know the. It's actually not bad. The CD. I mean, he's got when the shit hits the fan. I mean, yeah. There, there's a lot of stuff on there. It's it's quite entertaining. Some comedy bits. You yeah, know, can we chatter. say that word on uh, on internet radio? What's yeah. That? Okay. <laughs> oh, you say whatever you want. Yeah, we're not. It's not. Uh, when a, the shit yeah, hits uh, the fan. Yeah, when the shit like hits it. the fan. It's good. Yeah. So lots of good stuff on that CD. I'll have to play some more of that then if you like that. And um, We could quote uh, the Jesse song if you want, too. Yeah, exactly. You can. You can say whatever you want. Now, But I won't. I, <laughs> I'll find out when that CD... I think it's actually on my copy of the CD of the year. I just don't have it up here. I put that for my computer. Yeah. So I'll, I'll get that straightened out on the next show, hopefully. And we'll That'd play cool. some more from it since you like that. But we've also got tonight a couple other songs I want to play. I've got... Uh, a clip from Mountaintop from the off show, something a little more Woo! current. Cruiser Mail was wanting to hear, since we're on the Utopia subject, Last of the New Wave Riders. Wow. We have a little bit of that action. And I've got the ballad from the Sigma show, which was also, I think that was 71 or 72. Um, anybody know the Sigma show? Everybody should know about that that's into those kind of recordings because that was uh, passed around a pretty good bit. Still fairly rare. The Sigma recordings. Of the Ballad so, of Todd Rundgren? Uh, the Ballad. No, it's the song The Ballad, you know. Um, uh, okay. You know what I'm talking about? I think so. And he actually messes up in the middle of it. Why don't we just play it right now and you can yeah, check it out. Go ahead and play it, please. The Ballad of Denny and Jean. Here we go. All right. Oh, the Ballad of Denny and Jean. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> sure, it's funny. This is supposed to be my radio show. Get out of here. Anyway, it's a privilege to work with all these fine fellas. And I'm finished with them for the night. because I'm going to close it out myself. Embarrassing, isn't it? But this is a song off my second album, which I hope you will immediately go out and buy. Two at a time, at least. <laughs> um, I'd like to say goodnight if I don't get a chance to after I'm finished, if I'm throttled. I believe that's it. The key of my thing.
was. I'd just forgotten the words in the middle of the song. <laughs> but I'll pick it up from uh, wherever I forgot it from. <laughs> what a way to finish out the show, eh, folks? I'm only human. All those handbills and everything you see all around town. Well, you know. WMMR Philadelphia. In addition to all the other, am I on? Yeah. In addition to all the other thank yous, I'd like to thank Todd and Sigma and everyone else, and a special thanks for our producers Dennis Wyland and Reg Thorpe. And don't forget tonight, if you're out on your bike, wear white. Parson was about wearing white, whatever that meant. That was from Philadelphia, which we talked about earlier. That was in July the 1st, 1971. And I took the time to do my homework and find out about the Mark I CD I played, the song. That was from May the 3rd, 1973. That was New York, New York. So that was not 72. I was off a year, Mr. Grace. So uh, now so we're in the loop. Very cool. How cool that was that? Beautiful. Wasn't that song beautiful? Oh, God. Mm-hmm. I love it. Wailing Wall is my favorite from that album. Yep. But that's, it sounds a lot yeah. like Wailing Wall. It really does. There are some similarities in the chord structures, definitely. Well, we have Wailing Wall bootleg, but it's from a cassette. It's just not that good. But it's the, there's only one that I know of in existence, and it's still pretty good. But uh, it's better to listen to the studio version really on that one. I like this version of Baldo because Todd messes up. It's kind of cute. And it's really, you can just tell how much younger he is. You know, the voice, it's just a really good version, I thought. So I thought I would treat everybody to that that has not heard it. Man, we need more of that. Definitely more of that. If you can find any more of that kind of stuff. I know a lot of us early Todd fans would love to hear more of that if you got it around. I got several from the Sigma. There's Believe in Me, Be Nice to Me. I mean, these are oh, you know, live recordings of Todd from, you know, 1971. 
Good stuff. So maybe we'll play some more that night. Now, <laughs> what's funny, though, is how different it is from Mad, uh, Mountaintop, etc. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I was different. talking to a friend today, and um, she, she was saying, she was asking me all about our, our fun in, in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. She said that... Um, I, I also told her, I said, well, I'm not sure what we're going to do on the radio show tonight. And she said, well, here's a suggestion. Maybe you need to have people call in and talk about the how they felt the first time they heard, you know, any Todd song. And I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean? And she she's a little bit older than me, and so she goes way back, and she doesn't even remember if it was Todd or Naz or Utopia or what, but... She was saying, well, I just remember the first time I heard Hello, It's Me and that I got this ushy-gushy and it just took me, it took me somewhere else, which was where other music was not, was not doing that for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, my, I don't know what my point here is. <laughs> she, she, oh, I know. She said, she said, I, I wish he would do, you know, more of that stuff. And I said, I said, you're dreaming. He's never going to do that again. And she she was really upset when I was serious about that. But I, I, I don't see it happening. I mean, weakness, I guess, is kind of close to a ballad. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't, I don't think he's ever going to do that stuff again. That stuff, those are gems for us to hold on to. I mean, it, we're just going to have to deal with it. Well, I think yeah. Courage is, is probably the, the next in line as far as for the ballad off of Arena. Yeah, yeah. And and what a great song Courage is. I wouldn't yeah. call it a ballad though, but it's it's, well, it's a throwback to his old style. Maybe yeah. That's sure. Yeah. Well, he made the comment of course in Hawaii in the interview that we did that you know, you're right, it's not a ballad. But ballad it's a great Todd pop though. song. <laughs> <laughs> it is a great pop song and yes. I love it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's how most of us, you know, found the guy. So, what do you? Well, thank goodness we did. Look at us now, thirty, forty years later. (laughs) Better late than never for some of us, right? Yeah. Uh, Oh wait uh, a minute, Dustin twenty nine is saying that pissing tears him up. How does? What does that mean? (laughs) Is that he didn't he didn't like my sax solo? I think he's kidding. Oh okay. I, I hope he's kidding. <laughs> I don't know. That's you never know with him. What's that? You never oh know my with Dustin, man. you got to watch out for him. Yeah, you got to watch out for the Dustin guy. He's uh, sneaking in there. He's like a covert operation. Yep. All right. So I guess uh, I was thinking that I had some of that Sigma on this computer, but it must be on another one. But, uh, is Sigma see. a place, Doug? I'm sorry. Is that, or yeah, is that kind Sigma of like Sounds. Sigma, Sigma Sound, Sounds, okay. Yeah, it was a okay. really, um, you know, decent recording. He played with some other guys. There were some other songs, some music from other people. And let's see, what can I else going to tell you? It's Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and it was 1971. And there were several Todd songs on there, but he wasn't the only one. <clears throat> and uh, let's see, Indy Smart was playing with him. Cool. Let's see. Uh, so anyway, I'll, I'll try to get some more on at some point. Right now, why don't we play something? I'll see if I can upload some more while we're doing this. But 
I have a quick question for you, Doug. Right. Have you heard? Sure. Just before you play anything, um, uh, about the Bob, the, the, the James book, uh, Todd Rundgren, Volume 2. Billy James. Have you heard anything about when that's coming out? Well. Billy James. Billy James' book, yeah. it's Yeah, Volume 2. I can tell you that it's not anytime soon, not within the next month or so. Oh, okay. There's a holdup going on, and it's, you know, it's kind of a, I don't know, I guess for lack of a better term, maybe a political thing. Yeah. But uh, it, it will be out. And I think it's going to be much better than the first one. I like the first one. It's very informative, but I think this one, as far as the layout goes and the, you know, it won't be as repetitive. and A lot of typos in the first yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. That's all, I think, going to be worked out. Most of it. Every book has a typo, but most yeah, of it, of I think, is going to be worked out. Does, so. How does Todd feel about the volume one? Did, did he read it? Do you know? I do know that he was given the option to read it, and they would take out anything that he wanted. Mm-hmm. And he did request that they take out one story that he said was not true. Oh, okay. So apparently he did read it. Interesting. And I can't remember the story um, off the top of my head, but there was a story I was told that was in there that Todd said was false, and he wanted it taken out, and they took it out for him. Oh, that's good. The reason he wasn't involved with the first one apparently was because he was under contract to write a book about himself with some other company that was going to pay him. And uh, obviously that never happened, so he may could have been involved with the second book and, and chose not to, or maybe they didn't try. I don't know. But that's why he wasn't involved with the first book. I see. So he does get dibs. I do know that. He does have the right to look at it. And Billy James is a fan. And if Todd says, I don't like this part, mm-hmm. then he will take it out. Wow. So that's pretty cool. Pretty interesting, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's nice. It's a, it's a nice read. There's nothing else out there like it. That's the way I look at it. I mean, it's better than nothing. And, of course, you know, if you want to know more about some of the different people in Todd's world, you can listen to this radio show. <laughs> Absolutely. We pretty much have them all on, right? Which, you know, the, the next show, I think we're still working on, we've got them to agree to do a show, it's just a date thing, trying to lock it in. Ralph Shuck at Moberg, that will probably be our next two guests outside of this scoop show, which hopefully will be tomorrow night. I really do hope it will be tomorrow night. All right, so let's play that last of the new Ray Riders. I'll pro- try to get you some more Sigma stuff while I'm doing that. Cool. And uh, so everybody enjoy oh. this. Utopia, this is for Cruiser Mail, right? Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye.
So I'm talking about 1980s is new wave. Oh, I was digging <laughs> that. Thank you so much. I love that song. I like it when Todd and Kaz switch uh, leads, like in Trapped. And, and I kept saying all that, you know, that tour, not the arena. I'm talking pre-arena, like last year. When, when they would play Trapped, I loved it. I got nothing against that. But I kept thinking, why don't they switch it out with that song? Oh. I love it. Somebody claims that that sounds too much like Spinal Tap. Well, they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All I say is, what's wrong with being Spinal Tap? Or what's well, you wrong know, with being sexy? <laughs> <laughs> and I think Todd has one of those 11 shirts. These go to 11. No yes. question. He loves that shirt. Well, it's so funny you would mention, or that Michael Mack would mention the Spinal Tap reference it, it, when he said that. I cracked up because <laughs> you remember the night when we all left uh, the Sergeant Pepper's show in Vegas. I hate to be going back to that, but it was so funny. We all piled onto the bus, and the bus driver thought he found where we were supposed to go, and we all got off of the bus, and someone said, wait a minute, it's not yeah. here, so we all had to get back on the bus. Right. That was a spinal tap moment. Absolutely. <laughs> that was for Simon, right. Now, also the bus sign said, uh, run Green Radio Birthday Bash. Oh, that's right. That was funny. Sounds like a Todd Who moment. Yeah, exactly. Todd Run Green. No, Todd Run Green. Todd Run Green. Yep. <laughs> All right, so we got a couple minutes left. Believe it or not, Mel, we've gone two and a half hours on this show. Craziness. Not no, enough. Two hours. Two hours, not two and a half. Can oh, we talk about Vegas some more? We want to great Brian. Say it. Get it off your chest. <laughs> Vegas was great, baby. Hey. All right, let's play... This isn't from Vegas, but this, let's okay. play Mountaintop right quick. And then we might have a minute left after that where we can chat for a minute. And if I can get it uploading time, you may have to go to the archives. But I've got two choices for you, Brian. Believe in me or it wouldn't have made any difference from Sigma 1971. Which one would you prefer? Oh, definitely believe in me, Doug. Okay. All right. Well, stay on this. If anybody else wants to hear you, you'll have to call in. I'll keep you muted. You can listen. Uh, here goes Mountaintop. This is live from Austin. It's available on MySpace, Todd Rungren Music, myspace.com backslash Todd Rungren Music. Here we go. Thanks, Doug. All right, man. Here's Believe in Me from Sigma 1971. If you listen to it, you're going to have to call in 
Um, what was I supposed to do? Oh, let me see if I remember this song. Hmm. Brian calling in, giving his story, and it was a good one. 